When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by the Angie app. LL Flooring, the official flooring partner of the Money Pit, Bank of America, and DAP. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And what are you doing this fine early November day if you are working in your house? If you're thinking about a project to get ready for the holidays, sprucing up a bathroom, a kitchen, maybe a basement. Maybe you're thinking about tackling a bigger project to make your home more energy efficient, adding insulation, switching out some drafty windows, whatever is on your how-to to-do list. We can put it on ours, too, and give you some tips, give you some advice, maybe talk about some shortcuts so that you can save money and get the job done once, get it done right, so you can get to enjoying your house all that much quicker. If you'd like to get in touch with your questions, it's easy to do. Pick up the phone and dial 1-888-666-3974, which spells 888-MONEYPIT, or post your questions at moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about garage heating. It's a popular project this time of year, so we'll walk you through the best options to take the chill out of your garage space so that maybe you have another place to hide away and get some jobs done. <laughs> a secret space to go to where no one will A secret bother. space that's heated. <laughs> that's always the best. Hey, that was the first project I did when the pandemic hit. I insulated my garage. I picked up a heater. I was a happy camper. Yeah, you were like, I need to get away from my family for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> also ahead, DIY is definitely on the rise. But according to a new survey by Angie, over 40% of homeowners said that their projects were more challenging and expensive than they expected them to be. And 80% admit to making a minor or major mistake along the way. We're going to dig into the most common ways DIY went wrong. And we're going to make sure that that doesn't happen to you. Yeah, those major mistakes, they can be very expensive. Well, with the chilly weather upon us, now is also a great time to take on projects that will improve your warmth and comfort as the temperatures drop. So we're going to start out a quick little series on these projects with some water heater maintenance. What? You didn't know you had to maintain your water heater? Yeah, you do. And if you get it right, you'll never run out. But first, the Money Pit is about you, you guys. So whether you live in an apartment, a house, whether you're dealing with a repair, or maybe you're just dreaming about a renovation, we are here to help you tackle your to-dos with confidence and hopefully help you have a little bit of fun along the way. But first, help yourself by reaching out to us with your questions. You can do that by calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT or posting your project questions at moneypit.com. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's up first? Now we've got Sandy in Texas on the line who's got a question about texturing drywall. Tell us about your project. Strip the wallpaper in our kitchen, and so it's down to sheetrock, and we'd like 
to uh, put texture in it, uh, but I'd like to do it as simply as possible. So I've heard that you can put texture into paint, and I'd like some more information about that or what you recommend. That is possible, right, Leslie, to use an additive in paint, but frankly, we usually get the opposite question. Most people call us wanting to take the texture away. So I, so I would say, Sandy, are you really sure you want to do this? <laughs> because once it gets on there, it's hard to make it, uh, make it go away. Right, yes. I, I mean, our other walls have some texture. I mean, and it's not a heavy texture. It's just a little bit to make it just not the flat sheetrock. And it's a texture in the paint, or it's an actual texture within the drywall itself, almost like a stippling? Well, I'd rather not go that route, is the the, the stippling or spackling. Um, I'd like to add some texture to the paint just to give the wall something other than the smooth Well, there's a couple of different techniques that you can use. Um, First, there's something called a linen technique. That's done with almost like a wallpaper brush, sort of a very short, stiff bristle that's, you know, maybe 12 inches to 18 inches wide. And you put the paint on and then you sort of drag that brush through. And that gives you a linear texture to it. And that can kind of look like wallpaper. And you can do it with one color or do a base color and then let that dry and then put a thinner coat on top and then drag that line through. Um, You could do something that's almost called a, I guess it is actually called a Venetian plaster. But that involves, you know, sort of marbling the texture on and, and burnishing it and rubbing it. And it really is a heavier coat of paint and plaster. But that gives a really interesting sort of cloudy textural look that sometimes has a high shine to it. Um, There's a suede texture. I think Ralph Lauren is one of the paints that makes that. And that has, um, it really does look like suede. It has that sort of like rubbed, softer, matte looking texture to it. There's a sanded finish where there's actual sand in the paint. Sometimes that can feel a little rough, almost like a sandpaper, but um, that gives a nice texture too. They all have different application techniques. So if I were looking at a paint that has a specific texture in a home center, I'd make sure that I really read those directions and looked at what that manufacturer was recommending for the application process and get those correct tools and do the proper prep work for it. Because some of those textures are you know, kind of labor intensive for a DIYer and you want to make sure you get it right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, I will look into the... Uh, things you've suggested here and make a decision then. I hope that helps you out. It does. Thank you so much. Mike in Ohio is on the line and needs some suggestions with heating a home in the event of a power outage. Welcome, Mike. Yes, yes, we do indeed because of the uh, terrible winter weather, especially December, January, February is bad. So it's three months. And, um, yeah, emergency sources of and safe, especially safe sources of indoor heating uh, inside the home uh, in, in case the furnace goes out. All right. Well, first of all, do you have a fireplace? No, I do not. All right. So let me just suggest then that the safest indoor heating source is your furnace, which can be made operable through the installation of a standby generator. Do you run on gas? Yes. Uh, natural gas force hot air. So what we would recommend is that you invest in a standby generator. Leslie just put one of these in. I'm actually putting in. In fact, I met with the Kohler generator representative today to size one for my home. I had a smaller one that actually got me through Hurricane Sandy, speaking of natural disasters. And now I'm ready to upgrade to a bigger one. And I got to tell you, the prices have come down on them. 
they're very efficient, and in in some cases, depending on the size, they will repower your entire house. Because if you lose power, you know you're going to be able to restore some heat. Maybe if you had something like a kerosene space heater, but I'm not going to tell you that's safe. It's not. There's thousands of fires that happen all the time every year because of things like that. So I would recommend that you think about investing in a standby generator. Now you can either get one that covers the entire house. Or Kohler also recently had a line uh, that came out that is as small as an 8K, a 10K, or a 12K generator. So they have a smaller generator line, a larger generator line, all permanently installed standby. So basically, they come on automatically when the power goes out. That is definitely the safest way to repower your house, reheat your house uh, in an emergency. What would we do in the case that the furnace actually broke and say they couldn't get apart? Uh, through um, expedited mail for a day or two, and worst-case scenario, you know, we're looking at 10 to 15 degrees below zero. You're in trouble, Mike, because there's no space heater that is going to be able to, to heat that entire house. You know, you can have portable electric heaters, you can have some kerosene heaters, but you're never going to get the same level and same uh, of comfort you're going to get in that house. And frankly, I, I doubt that that would ever happen. You'd have to have a really oddball furnace because most furnaces have pretty standardized parts and it doesn't take uh, days or weeks to get them fixed. All right. Thank you. Mike, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, 
fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Well, here's one project that can really change the look of a kitchen. It's replacing the countertop. But while doing a countertop replacement can be pretty costly, refinishing it is not. And it's something that you can get done in a single weekend with a kit made just for that that we're giving away today. That's right. We've got up for grabs the Spreadstone Countertop Finishing Kit from Daish Coatings. Now, what's so different about this finishing kit is that it's real stone. So you're going to have a beautiful countertop that's really going to last long. It's high performance, so it's heat resistant. It's water repellent. 11 different colors are out there. So you're going to find one that really matches your kitchen's decor. But the best of all is that you can do this project yourself in a weekend. I mean, how great is that? That Spreadstone Countertop Finishing Kit is going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you. Call us with your questions at one eight 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 Money Pit. Now, if you'd like to learn more about this product, it's available online at Home Depot, Lowe's, and the Dice Coatings website at dicecoatings.com. That's D-A-I-C-H Coatings.com. All right, now we're going to Tennessee where Gene has a stucco question. What's going on? How can we help you? Well, the house was built in 1914, and the outside, the exterior walls are covered with stucco that has the kind of swirly bumps where they swirl the trowels on it. And it looks like it's in good condition, so I was thinking we could probably just spray it a nice color. It's still kind of golden like it used to be, but wherever the branches of the shrubs went against it, it's kind of yucky and gray looking. But I know that when when we painted our patio slab. We had to do some treatment to it before we could paint it. Mm -hmm. Stucco needs some preconditioning besides just hosing it off with soap and water? Well, the first thing you need to do is to make sure that there's no algae attached to it, and so we would probably do a a very light pressure washing and cleaning of the outside of the house and let it dry for a good couple of days in warm weather. And then I would prime it uh, with an oil-based primer, and then I would use a good quality exterior top coat paint over that. You can't cut any corners here. You can't take any shortcuts. But if you do it once and you do it right, it's going to last you a long time because that siding is not organic. You may find very well that paint can last you 10 to 12 years as opposed to maybe 5 to 8 if it was wood. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, adding heat to your garage is a popular project this time of year or at the beginning of pandemics when Tom just wants to get the heck away from his family for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever your motivation. That's why my garage is like, what, no, no, 30, 40 feet from the house. It's a detached garage. (laughs) And that was the first thing that I did during the pandemic was added heat out there and some insulation. 
It's definitely Tom's little spot. He likes to go to get away from everything. Well, guys, whatever your motivation is, putting heat in the garage truly is a fantastic project, but you've got to determine the best option for your house because there are a lot of options. So first, you need to think about how you're going to use it and then choose from three different types of space heaters before you make that final decision. Now, you've got forced air heaters, infrared heaters, and electric heaters, and your decision is kind of going to be based based in part on the available fuel types at your house. Natural gas heater, propane, kerosene, or electricity, as well as how many square feet of space that you're looking to heat. Now, here's some general guidelines on the heaters. Forced air garage heaters will give you instant heat, kind of like a conventional furnace for your house would be. Uh, They're easy to use. They can be complicated to install because it's pretty much like installing another plumbing appliance. And the heating levels can also be set by a thermostat, which is handy as opposed to, you know, a thermostat that's on the heater itself. They're a great way to warm an entire garage. Uh, Keep in mind, though, that the largest units are going to run on natural gas, so they have to be vented. They're going to have to be vented up through the roof. Same rules apply as installing a furnace. The next option, infrared heaters. Now, these deliver radiant heat rather than using a conventional blower fan, which heats the air. The radiant heaters can work well when you're only looking to heat a very specific area as opposed to like the entire space, but you won't feel warm as quickly because it heats objects first rather than the air itself. Now, aside from these built-in options, you can also consider portable garage heaters, and there are portable electric garage heaters, which also require very little maintenance, which is great. So electric heaters, you're probably thinking, gosh, that's expensive. Well, they used to be. The newer models that are out there today are competitively priced, and they've got a number of safety benefits, so like tip-over protection, meaning it's going to automatically turn off if the unit is tilted off its base or it's fallen over. So it's definitely come a long way in the electrical area of heating. Now, lastly, and this is the option I went with, a portable kerosene heater. Great option. I have one in my shop, and my shop is 600 square feet. It's about 20 by 30. And I found that a 23,000 BTU unit was just perfect. So it's not huge, larger than what you might use like in a room in your house. And it does a great job because once it gets going, you know, I said maybe 15, 20 minutes before I want to go out there. By the time I go in there, it's perfect. I mean, I don't like the garage to be the same temperature as the house because I'm moving around. I'm working, you know, so I'm going to build up a little bit of body heat. But I really like this. The only issue I've had with it is I sometimes leave the kerosene in it too long, and the kerosene doesn't last very long before it starts to go bad, and it gets a little smoky. So I have to keep reminding myself not to do that. Uh, just to put it in, put in only what I need and make sure I run it dry when I'm done. So it's a little more aggravation, but I mean, I think we paid, I don't know, two or 300 bucks for it. It wasn't very expensive and it's been very, very efficient and a really a good solution. So no matter which way you go, having heat in the garage really opens up that space to use throughout the entire winter instead of just a place to park your car and kind of store your stuff until it warms up again. George in Texas is on the line with the driveway question. What can we do for you today? Well, I uh, was wondering about some uh, fairly big cracks in my concrete driveway. Anything to do with that? So are these new cracks, George, or uh, have they been there for a while? Uh, Yeah, they've been there for a while. The concrete's probably 40 years old. Okay. How wide are the cracks? How far open are they? Maybe a half inch. Two things. Um, number one, you can repair these, and QuickCrete makes a number of products that, that can help. Um, but one thing that you want to do is, because the cracks are so wide, is you're going to have to insert what's called a backer rod in there first, which is like a very small foam tube. 
and you press that down until it's about a half inch below the surface or maybe three-eighths of an inch below the surface. And then you can use a flowable urethane caulk on top of that. And and the reason you're putting the backer rod in there is so, so that you don't lose a lot of the, of the joint sealing material down all the way down to the ground. And once you do this, and if you do it right, then that seal will expand and contract and it won't crack again. Okay, so you, you stuff the crack with a backer rod and then you repair it with a urethane sealant. Okay, what is it I'm putting first in the crack? It's called a backer rod. It's like a, a foam tube. Oh, okay. It's like a styrofoam tube. It comes in different, different diameters gap. just to fill the gap. I see, okay. And then all the smaller ones just don't do that. Put the, the second item in there. And then you apply the flowable urethane, okay? And that ought to do it. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Well, since the start of the pandemic, DIY has been on the rise. But according to the survey by Angie, over 40% of homeowners said their DIY projects were more challenging and more expensive than they expected. And 80% of those taking on projects themselves had a minor or major mistake happen. Well, with numbers like that, more and more home improvers are asking themselves the question, is DIY worth it? With us to talk about that is Misha Fisher. Misha is the chief economist for Angie. Misha, welcome back to the program. Hey, great to be with you both again. Hey, you know, it sounds like overconfidence may play a role here in selecting those projects that ultimately don't come out as planned. You know, I wonder, always wonder if the downside of the volume of videos and posts and TV programs that are out there today that too often make the project look a lot simpler than it is. I mean, Leslie was in home improvement television, makeover television for years. And Leslie, you got what, uh, out of 30 minutes a program, you got about 20 minutes of content and it took days to put that together. Yeah. A 30 minute show is 22 minutes of content. And truly like our projects would take hours and it would be like whittled down to like, a, and boof, it's done. And people would be like so <laughs> mad at me in the home centers. They'd be like, ah, uh, it wasn't that easy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think people just get excited and want to jump in. And then all of a sudden they realize there's either a tool or a part of the project or a process, something that's out of their wheelhouse and they're just not comfortable. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is so true in terms of, it's important to remember, I mean, I love home improvement content as much as the next person. It's a lot of fun to watch, but it is also people who are making content for a living, not necessarily people who are renovating their own houses in a quick weekend. So it's one of those things that you really have to be cognizant of. So in your survey, you found that there's a lot of people that are getting themselves into trouble. What are some of the mistakes that people were sort of owning up to? What can we learn from uh, what you found from this audience? 
Uh, so there was a couple of things that really popped out as being you know pretty costly. So the uh, expensive damage we found about fifty two percent there, so that they you know broke something uh, that was you know valuable or sentimental. Uh, there's injury, right? You want to be careful about injury. Uh, there's and you know we tend to think of injury as being catastrophic, but even you know a minor injury can uh, still really wreck a, a day or a week. To say nothing of, you know, accidentally taking a finger off of the table saw, there's also just accidentally putting a screwdriver grid into your thumbnail, right? I mean, even that can be uh, quite painful. And, you know, ask me how I know that. It's because I've done it to myself. <laughs> well, that's a serious injury to your ego you're talking about there, Misha. It's a serious injury to my ego, and it, uh, it also makes a, a pretty interesting-looking scar. But it's one of those things where... You know, people, uh, you know, even something as simple as um, as doing painting with a ladder, I mean, that can be a fatal mistake, if not a life-changing one, if you break a leg or or, uh, or an arm or something like that. So all of these things can lend themselves to immediate injury. But then there's also, of course, you know, if you try and DIY uh, an electrical circuit or something like that, you can start a fire later on, even if you manage to avoid electrocuting yourself in the short run. So all of these things, you know, you really have to ask yourself, do you have not only the time and the tools, but also the talent to avoid injury. Because it's one thing to do the work, it's another thing to do the work well, and then it's a third thing to do the work safely. Now, you also found that DIYers in general were not always doing everything themselves because a very high percentage of them planned to hire a pro or did hire a pro for some of the projects. So there is some of that checks and balances out there, it seems like. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the discussion about this over the years has been are people doing it themselves, or are they hiring a pro? And I think that there's sort of a growing movement towards a blended approach. There are certainly some things that one can sort of safely DIY themselves, and that could potentially be prepping a location or ripping it. You know, if you're putting in new cabinets, you could rip out the old ones yourself and save some time there because, you know, obviously even demolition you can do poorly if you accidentally take out the wrong part of a wall. But by and large, it is uh, potentially a way to sort of save some money or to have somebody come in and then do a little bit of the trim yourself afterwards. So there's uh, certainly, I think, a growing recognition of the ability to stretch your dollar when you're hiring out, to really hire out for the things that you want done well and safely, and then to do some of those less complicated portions yourself. And that can you know, potentially allow you to just take those scarce dollars, especially when we see so much rise in the cost of both labor and materials, you can stretch those dollars uh, and get them to go a lot further. We're talking to Misha Fisher. He's the chief economist for Angie about the home improvements that people have been taking on over the last year or so and how often they tend to get themselves into a bit of a jam with them. Let's talk about the difference between projects men are taking on versus women. Some interesting insights there. Yeah, so... There's a couple funny things we found, you know, and I think that a lot of people might be able to to speak to those things in their own lives. But we found that uh, uh, men are much more likely than women to say they wanted to prove someone wrong, so it's 31% versus 16%, or to say they can do just as good of a job a pro, which is about 48% versus 32%. So this is one of those things where, you know, you start to notice that there is the potential for, uh, you know, certainly the stereotype about male hubris can come into play. And... (laughs) Yeah, and you know, in terms of how people uh, how people approach these things, uh, but it, there's also a difference in terms of what people prioritize. We've got this not necessarily in our latest research, but in research we put out earlier in the year, we found that there's also a difference in preference of what people prefer to finish. So, uh, you know, these things sort of tend to break down in terms of 
what people value as as projects. So garages and basements are more popular among men, for example. But uh, across all these things, certainly, they're, uh, the overall tendency to over or underestimate how long something's going to take, we don't find a, a big difference. But in terms of the capacity to artificially believe they can do it when potentially they can't, yeah, that, that one definitely, unfortunately, skews towards men. All critical things to keep in mind when you are considering your next home improvement project. If you do need a pro, you can always turn to the pros that are located at Angie.com, A-N-G-I.com, to find a talented, well-referenced pro for your particular project. Misha Fisher, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Bit once again. Fascinating information you guys learned in this survey and definitely a lot to think about so that we work within our ability that we don't work beyond our ability and get those projects done safely and successfully the first time out that's wonderful thank you both uh, for uh, for all your hard work and covering the space well now that we're getting closer to the holidays one project that can really change the look of a kitchen is replacing the countertop but while replacing it is pretty expensive Refinishing it is not, not to mention the fact that you don't have to like unhook the sink and everything else to do this project. It can really be easily accomplished in a single weekend using a kit created just for this purpose by Dice Coatings. Yeah, and I'm talking super affordable because this hour we're giving away a great kit to one lucky caller. So make that you. This is the Spreadstone Countertop Finishing Kit from Dice Coatings. It's made with real stone, so it's really going to be beautiful. It's going to last a long time. We're talking about water repellent, heat resistance, because, you know, sometimes you just take that pan off the stove and put it right on the counter, and you can do that for sure. But best of all is this is a DIY project that you can tackle in a weekend. So get on the phone. Give us a call. Here's your chance to win a great product from Dice worth $125. Going out to one listener drawn at random. Now you can find the kit at Home Depot, Lowe's, and Dice Coatings website at D-A-I-C-H Coatings. Dot com, But one is going out to a listener drone at random. Make that you by picking up the phone and calling us with your home improvement question at 888-MONEYPIT or posting it at moneypit.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. John, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I'm working on a, a, a cement fireplace cap on, on top of my fireplace. What I'm needing to find out is what kind of paint or some kind of sealant I can use to keep my cement fireplace cap from being weathered so fast. Well, I mean, generally you don't use a finish on that at all. I mean, you could use a masonry sealer. Um, if you do, make sure you get one that's vapor permeable because that means that the moisture can evaporate out of it, doesn't get trapped underneath and then freeze and sort of crack. But most importantly, you want to make sure that that cement cap uh, is pitched properly. So it'll go from the clay liner uh, out to the edge of the brick. And if you make it so it's a bit thick at the edge, it'll be a little bit more durable as that, um, because that's the edge that will typically chip off and break off the, the quickest. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, I thank you very much for your advice. Good luck, John. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, with the chilly weather upon us, now is a really good time to take on projects to improve your warmth and comfort as temperatures drop. And we're going to start with a little water heater maintenance. 
Yeah, you know, both gas and electric water heaters do develop a buildup of sediment at the bottom of the tank. Now, that's not only going to kill the efficiency, but it can actually shorten the lifespan of your water heater as well. Yeah, so what you want to do is drain out a couple gallons of water from the tank twice a year. But remember, the water is going to be hot, so make sure the heater is turned off and wear some long sleeves, wear some goggles to protect yourself from burns. Now, there's two valves that you're going to see on the water heater. The one near the top is a safety valve, and that's going to release pressure. Don't touch that one. Do not touch the one at the top. The one near the bottom, that's what you use for draining. Now, you can connect a hose to that water heater and then set it to drain into a sink, your sump well, or even outdoors. Now, once the hose is in place, you want to turn that valve counterclockwise to open the drain. And don't forget the water is hot. I mentioned that before, right? The water is hot. And in a few gallons, the water is going to become clear. Because once you see that water drain out, sometimes it's a bit cloudy because it's taken out all those mineral salt deposits, all that sediment. And you want to get rid of that because that acts as an insulating layer between the flame, if it's a gas water heater, for example, and the water itself. So the water heater has to run longer to do the same job. Now, once you've flushed out a couple of gallons, a few gallons, then close the valve by turning it clockwise. All right. Now, once you're done, and as long as you're in the utility area of your house, do your lungs a fall favor and change out that furnace filter. Now, the furnace filter is going to be located in the main return grill near the furnace or inside the furnace near the blower. And cleaning one can actually help keep your house less dusty and also improve your indoor air quality. And when you do replace the filter, always choose the most efficient model that you can find for your system because the more efficient the filter is, the more particulates it will remove from the air. Make sure when you install it, you want to make sure that the arrow, which is on the edge of the filter, it points in the direction of airflow, usually towards the blower fan. And the furnace filter ought to be changed at least every couple of months. I would not use those fiberglass filters. I would use the pleated filters. And you could change those every two to three months generally. And this gives you some more long-term protection and long-term cleaning of the air in your house. And if you really want to take out pretty much all the particulates, all the virus-sized particles, then you could consider installing a whole house cleaner, particularly good for people that have respiratory issues. So now is a great time to take on this project. Before we seal up for the winter, let's take a few steps to make sure our air is clean as well. Post your questions like Aaliyah did, and she writes, Is it possible to use stone veneer over brick on a 1910 house? The brick was unfortunately painted 20 years ago, and now it's peeling. I'm not sure if the paint has to be removed, and if doing so will make that brick decompose faster. So here's a very good example why we say never paint brick. I mean, there are so many, if you don't like the brick around your house, if you don't like the brick face you have, There are so many other aspects of a home exterior that you can update and sort of decorate around it. Windows, shutters, trim, soffits, fascia, doors. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself in this very difficult position because the answer to your question is going to depend on how you would plan to attach the stone veneer. If you use the right adhesive, it might be okay. So you got to read and research carefully. The other option, Aaliyah, is to attach stucco mesh first to the brick and then stucco over that. There are also stucco systems that include internal drainage systems built in that can be attached. But basically, you've taken a simple siding project and made it super complicated by having painted that brick or whoever painted that brick 20 years ago. And now, unfortunately, you're stuck with a difficult update. And you know what? You don't have to always focus on the largest surface of the house. Think of the small things because changing a shutter or the trim color or the door color can really make a huge difference. Well, if you're missing the days of spending warm evenings outside on your deck or patio, there's no need to stop. You can use your outdoor spaces for a little bit longer if you know how to make them cool, weather-friendly. Leslie has tips to do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? 
Well, the first thing you're going to need is heat, obviously. And of course, an outdoor fireplace can do the trick. Or you can buy a simple fire pit or a more elaborate one that you can build and then fuel by wood or gas. You might also consider a chiminea. I mean, they're gorgeous. They definitely suit a certain style of backyard over others, but they're really cute. They're inexpensive clay fireplaces, and they do throw out quite a bit of heat. Now, another option to keep your outdoor space warm is a patio heater. And a patio heater can heat with propane, and they come in a lot of different forms. A lot of homeowners traditionally choose those tabletop patio heaters, but there's also those freestanding heaters that you've seen at outdoor dining, especially more popular with all the outdoor dining because of the pandemic. But it's those. You can get those freestanding ones, and they do deliver a tremendous amount of heat to the surrounding areas. So now that we've got you warmed up, let's think about exterior lighting, because you're going to need more of that as the daylight is getting scarcer. So adding outdoor lighting can definitely enhance your home. I mean, you can do a lot of different things here. If you're looking for something simple, those beautiful little glass cafe lights that you see so often in outdoor dining situations or in your neighbor's yard, all you do have to run is some aircraft cable, some sort of cabling from one point of the yard to the other and then zigzag it across. And then you can actually hang those lights. They'll clip right onto that. And that's great because it keeps it taut. It doesn't drape down. And so you can plug a couple of those strands in and put them on a timer and they're just darling. Or you can even go so far as doing solar powered lights. You can uplight, you can spotlight features of the property. So much you can do with outdoor lighting that will definitely change the look and feel of the space. And finally, if you want to make that outdoor space super cozy, think about adding an outdoor rug. Those concrete patios, they can feel chilly. They can look chilly. So an outdoor rug actually is a great choice to kind of, you know, make everything warmer or at least seem warmer. They're going to come in a variety of colors and patterns, and they're made of materials that are meant to withstand the elements. As for cleaning them, you just have to hose them down when they get dirty. So, I mean, perfect rug for the outdoor space, and the hose is right there as long as it doesn't freeze. So make sure you are doing all of the things to stay cozy in the cooler weather and use that outdoor space still. Good advice. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, if you love old homes, you know that they can definitely have personalities. And some of that personality can come out in the way of a very noisy plumbing system. We're going to share the source and the solution to all that banging and clanging on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a money pit.